Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. And that is, do you think that making money for our families often steals time away from our families? Do you think that making money for our families often steals time away from our families. And the title of today's message is Don't Lose Moments. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't Lose Moments. Don't Lose Moments. moments. We often focus so much on taking care of our family that we end up losing focus of our family. The norm is to put work first because it is the grit that provides and makes, makes our family have what they need and what, they want, uh, what we want them to have. The irony is that the very efforts we put to providing for our families causes us to often neglect, uh, neglect them. I want to start off with this, uh, this verse. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 through 27. This is Jesus talking, and he says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Doesn't it feel like that sometimes when we're just working and working? Every, every paycheck is going to bills. Every paycheck is going to something. It almost feels like you're enslaved by the money you're working for. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? I want you to think about what Jesus is saying right there. Those are our necessities. And he's saying, isn't there more to life than this? And we think about all the extra stuff that we get, all the things that we pay for. Usually most people have in their minds, I want to give my kids, my family, the things that I never could have. And here Jesus is saying, isn't your body more than that? Isn't your life more than that? I mean, life more than food? Think about that. Gisado tacos, uh, (laughs) some breakfast tacos in the morning. Jesus is saying, isn't life more than that? The clothes that we wear, he's saying, isn't life more than that? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I want you to think about what moments are. Moments. Moments. And we all need to take a moment and slow down in our lives. I'll be the first one to say, I I made a leadership podcast just a couple weeks ago where I told young leaders that if they're not working more than 50 hours a week, then they shouldn't be tired. (laughs) And so I'll be the first one to say that we need to put grit into our lives to make our lives more than just ordinary. That costs something. But with me being a person that just said that, I'm also saying that we need to slow down. We need to slow down. Because there's an unmentioned loss of making a better life. There's an unmentioned loss of making a better life. There are so many families dying while they're getting better and better. From pastors to businessmen to single moms, 
Single fathers, families are neglected with quality time and replaced with the idea of a peaceful future. So, so many times when I was a youth pastor, I would talk to these kids where their, their mom was trying to set an example for them to go to college. And so the mom took on um, doing these extra hours of college classes while working because they wanted to show their, their kid that, that they can go to college too. And the, the kid is over here telling me, I just never see my mom. I never see my parent. They're never home. They're either at work or working on school. And even when they are home, they're doing homework from their college classes. And I never get to see them. And all of a sudden, while the parent is thinking, I just need to get through this time. I need to just blow through this and then we'll have a peaceful moment. All of a sudden, the kid's ready to graduate. In the high school years, the last time, the last couple moments that they were at home, they lost it. They, got, they lost those moments out. They'll never get back because they were trying to show a better life. I was at a, a small pastor's conference in Louisiana this past week. And one of, the, one of the biggest personal issues that these pastors were talking about were the issues within their own families in their own marriages. They were talking about how church can be so, require so much dedication that they often neglect their families in pursuit of, you know, doing the ministry work. It's for the kingdom of God. So, you know, you, it just requires so much. And at first, I, at first glance, I thought, man, that, you know, that is a truth with ministry. But then I realized that's a truth with any, any career. Mm-hmm. And every career has so much demand. It, and if you have any, any kind of a drive within you, your bosses can see that and they'll, ask you to, they'll continually ask you to stay late. They'll continually ask you to do another project. It's rare for, for you to say, I want more hours or I want more time or I want to put in this, this next project and, pe- and your boss tell you, why don't you just slow down? <laughs> you know, so many... So many people are dedicating so much time to their work because they're trying to provide a better life for their family. And it's this idea that, well, once I work so hard to a point, I'll be able to slow down. Eventually, I'll be able to just take a breather, but right now I just gotta work, 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 work. Did not mean to reference that song. But, I mean, maybe, maybe you can reference your parents growing up. Maybe you see trends in your own life where if you've, if you've been alive long enough, you know that the more work you do, that it's like the, I tell kids all the time, when you know you're a teenager, and so many teenagers, they want to start their jobs right away. I want to just get my own job. I want to start my own life. I, I want to just get my own place. So many kids tell me that. And I tell them, hey, man, slow down. <laughs> You got to understand, once you get your job, you're never going to stop working. <laughs> once you start this, you're never going to stop. So it's okay to wait one more month or one more summer. I'm totally, I'm all for teaching young people hard work. And I think that kids should get a job while they're still living at home, even as soon as they turn 16. But there's so many times where kids, they say, well, man, I, I need to get started. I tell them, hey man, once you start paying taxes, you never stop. <laughs> it, it just keeps going and going. 
And see, that's a simple principle we learn as from teenagers, adolescents, going into adulthood. But it's almost like we, we stop thinking about it afterwards. And we think that it's the same way when we retire one day. One day if our, at our jobs that we're going to be so successful to where we don't have to work as much. We have this idea that CEOs work the least. <laughs> Usually the, the, the better you get at your job, the more advanced promotions you get, the more the work demands. And it's this lie that we've been believing that one day we'll be able to. One day, one day we'll be able to give to our families. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 27 verse 1 that tomorrow isn't guaranteed. It says, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. So many parents, so many families are saying, well, tomorrow I'll hang out with my kid. Tomorrow I'll have a moment with them. And there's going to be a point. I'm not saying that your kid is, is going to pass away. I'm saying that your kid is going to be dead to you. They're, they're not going to have any connection to you. Maybe you thinking about your own parents. You're like, yeah, I'm still mad at my dad. And you're thinking that that connection is not guaranteed. Everyone always says that kids grow up so fast, right? And yet... We, we think that one day isn't important, that one day isn't meaningful. See, there, there's a death in busyness. There's a great trauma in busyness. And we're often too busy to notice special moments happening in, within our own families. And the sacrifice that we're making is not in our work to provide for our family. The real sacrifice that's being made is our families for the money that we're making for them. And I guarantee you that every family would say, man, I wish that I had my dad more than the money that he gives us. I wish I had my mom more than this or that. And, but I mean, the older we get, the farther we spread away from our families. Think about any brothers or sisters you have. Once they start working, they just have no time for you. And you're just their brother. You're just their sister. And we lose so many special moments because we're not willing to slow down. Think about how many marriages that you've missed because you had to work. Think about how many funerals you missed because you had to work. Think about how many birthday parties you missed because you had to work. Those are monumental times that we excuse ourselves because we think, well, this is, there's always going to be another one of those. I just need to go, I have to work right now. The truth is, there's always going to be money available. You're always going to be able to work and make more money. Money comes and goes. But a wedding, that's a one-time thing. For that person, some of y'all, not always, but... <laughs> But for those two people, yeah. For those two people at that moment, yeah. A funeral, that's a one-time thing. A birthday, yeah, there's other birthdays, but they're never going to turn 10 again. They're going to remember that you were not there at their 16th birthday. See, it's the moments of life that we waste. And Jesus is saying, with all this work, can you add a single moment with all the money and time that you're putting in? Can you, can you force one special moment out with just money? 
One of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was before I got married. And I, I was ready to get married when I was 19. So I, was, I knew that I was too dumb to get married, but I was determined. <laughs> and so I, I was asking everybody that was older than me for advice so that I could use their experience to catapult my immaturity forward. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that ask for advice and some people gave it un, uh, uh, without being asked. Usually that's the worst advice, advice that's not asked for, right? <laughs> But one, one piece of advice that I didn't ask for was the best piece of advice I ever got. It was from a man that had just got divorced. And when he told me that, I was like, well, <laughs> I'm not trying to be cruel here, but he obviously didn't have the, the pieces that I need for this puzzle. But he said, no, I know exactly why my wife left me. And he said that it, he, could, he never realized to take in special moments. He didn't understand that moments were meaningful. He said that he would work all day thinking that he was doing what he was supposed to do as a husband. Now he'd come home that he'd just want to relax like every normal person. That, that his wife would come, she'd be so excited when he would get home. But that he was, he was you know, guy, he worked outside and he's all sweating. He said, don't touch me right now. I'm, I'm tired. Let me relax first. Give me a second. Give me a minute. So every time she would first see him, that's the impression she got off of him. Back off. Just give me a minute. Give, give me some space. She hadn't been with him all day. She's so excited to see him, but he's not excited to see her. He said that that little, little exchange every day that he'd get home grew into this, this huge death in his marriage. He said that he realized how how much more she wanted a moment than an actual object. He could buy her an expensive diamond ring and leave it on the table and say, there you go. And that would mean nothing to her. But that if he were to just write a card, have a whole dinner set up, maybe candlelight, surprised her, that she would have so much more memories and moments with that than just giving her a gift. Something that was less expensive, money-wise, was more meaningful as a memory. And the, the final thing that I, just to, if you could memorize one quick, easy vocabulary word, this is a phrase, but he ended by saying, I realize that it's not just what you do in your marriage, but how you do it. And I think that is so true in almost every aspect of life. In your career, it's not just what you do, but how you do it. You know some people at work, they could just do a job and they do a horrible job, but they did the job. But how you do it means a lot more. In a relationship, in a family, when you're, when you're raising your kids, it's not what you do, but how you do it. And we lose so many moments because we're not ready to slow down. We're not ready to slow down and take, and take in the moments that are right there. Some of the biggest killers of these moments that are happening right before you, but you're too distracted to pay attention, is not only work, but TV. I once heard someone say that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but it seems like that's what TV does all on its own. 
steals our time, kills our relationships, destroys our families just because we don't have to talk to each other because we can just watch TV. So many times we just want to get home, relax, and watch TV. You know what another big killer is? Is our phones. Look, I, I don't consider myself a millennial because I don't feel entitled to anything. But listen here. That was a joke, by the way. Millennials are very advanced in their thinking. We... we Adults usually accuse millennials of always being on their phones. Kids always, they're always on their phone. They're always on their phone. You know how many times that I've seen grown adults while their kid is, is watching them, looking at them. They're out to dinner. There's a time that me and Lauren, we went, on, uh, we went out for a date night. And, you know, sometimes you, you're just, you start people watching, right? Any people watchers here? No one? Oh, a couple of people? All right. I, I'm, a, I'm a psychopath, so I pay attention to detail. I look at what, people, what shoes people wear. I, I even try to find out if someone has like weird habits or tendencies, like tapping on their leg. or I, I like to see if people feel anxious. I, like to, I notice if people bite their nails. So Again, I'm, I'm crazy. I like to pay attention to things like that. I feel like I get to, get to really know somebody by the details of their life. We even have, me and Lauren, uh, when we go to a friend's house, she hates it because with partial permission, I'll start looking through their kitchen cabinets and see how they keep their plates. And (laughs) I was like, oh, so you have two drunk drawers instead of one. (laughs) So anyway, we we went out to eat one time and and it it was one time, but I noticed that almost every time we'd go out to eat, I'd see another family there, and they did, a, they did a right thing. They said, let's go out to eat as a family. They went and sat down, and there's so many times where I would see, say, a mother and daughter sitting next to each other, and the mom was on her phone just scrolling. The adult, scrolling. And the daughter was just there waiting patiently, tried talking to the mom a couple times. The mom didn't even look up, just scrolling. So, oh, yeah? Uh-huh. huh <laughs> <laughs> and the daughter would give up try again the mom never even once looked up just continued looking at her phone so you know what the daughter did she finally just pulled out her phone and you see mother and daughter scrolling right next to each other we wonder where do these kids get this stuff <laughs> where do they learn these bad habits we taught them We taught them how to be desensitized from special moments. Talked about all these killers. Before we move on, one of the biggest killers is the next thing. The next thing that we're going to do. The next thing that we got to do. You get home and you're thinking, all right, now what I need to do. You get home from work and you're already prefacing for work the next day. You get home from work and it's like, all right, well, I don't want to, I need to do something. Let me go fix the car. Let me go do this. Let me do that. Again, I'm not saying that we we should throw off all of our responsibilities, but what what we need to do is we need to pay attention. Look at your neighbor and say, pay attention. Pay attention. There's so many times where we cannot just be at one place at one time. We can't be present while we're present. Our minds are so many different places 
that we cannot just be mentally present at wherever we're at. And that's why our, that's why our families are dying. Our moments are dying. There, there's, a ver, there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. And Ecclesiastes is like a bummer book of the Bible. It's just a whole book of bummers. And it says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? That is deep stuff. What do people really get for all their hard work? He's talking about all this time that requires specific kind of attention. And so often, we're there with kids, we're there with our parents, we're there with our brother, our sister, our family members. But we are so fixated on the wrong time. The time is with your family, but your mind is in some other time. Whether it's work, the next thing that you have to do, whatever it is. And the truth is, when I say this point is called pay attention. Attention is a cost that is worth paying. Your attention, whatever you give attention to, it costs you something. And you have to pay for it. If you pay all of your attention to TV, you're, you're going to feel that. <laughs> you're going to feel that wasted time afterwards. You ever have a, a Netflix binge and part of you is like, wow, that was entertaining. And another part is like, wow, I really, <laughs> I kind of regret how I paid my time right now. <laughs> it's like you, you got to find out you didn't have to be left in suspense. You got to find out what the next show brought you. But it cost you something. Whether it was a night's sleep, a good night's sleep. Whether it was your day off. That was a tension that you can't get back. And there are so many moments that we are missing that are passing by because we are not looking for them. Now look, I, I'll be the first one to say that I've ruined a lot of moments. I'm not giving you this message saying like, oh, my family is so blessed to have me pay attention to them no <laughs> lauren you don't have to my wife is over there like mm -hmm, amen. <laughs> but when i went to this this pastor's conference this last weekend and when i was hearing all these pastors talk about that i, I felt moved my family isn't torn apart or anything but i felt moved like man i i want to have more moments with my family and it was the, the first day that I got back, and going on that trip, it was a sacrifice. So I was like, I need to get back to work. And I was ready to start working that, that very day, the very next day that I got back. But I could, you know, you could tell the atmosphere of your home sometimes. 
And I could sense that my family missed me. I was like, what? <laughs> I was only gone three days. <laughs> but I could sense that my family missed me. And I, I was so ready to just go out because that, you know, that, our family needs money. We need to pay for bills. We need to pay for this and that. But there was a moment I could sense that my family just missed me. And so I was like, man, this is, this is an opportunity for a moment. So many times we know that, but we think, well, this is just what I have to do. They'll have to understand. They just got to understand. This is what I have to do. But man, I, I could have went and I could have worked that whole night and I could have made some money that would have made me feel comfortable financially, but I would have felt so uncomfortable with my family afterwards. Because you know, those moments when you go back home and you can feel the tension in your family. Your family can feel the neglect. Your wives, your, your husbands, they can feel the neglect. And so I went back home. I, I, I just put on my, my big boy pants and said, I'll, I need to give attention to my family instead of money right now. I went home and we made some hot chocolate because... Our weather is like an abusive relationship in San Antonio, right? What is with the winter not leaving? <laughs> it just can't get the hint. People say that we don't have seasons in San Antonio, but we have seasons every day. <laughs> you can go through all of them just in one day. But anyway, that's just another... <laughs> that's why we're making hot chocolate, okay? <laughs> Made hot chocolate. We got, a movie. We got movies from Redbox and... And we, we had just a fun time making cookies and eating hot, and, and hot chocolate together and being able to sit down and watch a movie. And the movie we got was like really, you know, it was like, uh, it was called Instant Family. I don't know if you guys seen it, but we were all emotional through the movie. You know, we're, we're watching it and I was like, Edward, that's like you. <laughs> and and uh, it, it was just a great night that we had together. It, it, we didn't have to be super creative. We didn't have to, you know, do anything abnormally special. We just did something that was ordinary but had a special moment in it. And see, that's what really making moments is. Is taking those ordinary things that we do and making them special with your family. I used to always tell my wife when we would go grocery shopping, I'd say, I love going to the store with you because just being able to go with you is making this ordinary trip special. Going by myself, I'm just getting all these things that I don't, I'm the worst shopper. I get 10 extra things in, than I need. And I'll be stuck at the aisle looking at all the different brands thinking like, how do I choose? <laughs> but when I go with my wife, I get to talk with her. I get to hang out with her. Just so like that little bit of time, it's like, it's, it makes that trip special. And see, with, the, with our families, we're so busy that we lose those special moments. And it, it feels dry. You ever been to church before and it just feels dry? It doesn't feel lively? It's like that with our families. There's, there's nothing special going on. It's just going through the motions. We could go to Six Flags, but if it's just going to Six Flags and it's not fun. We do so many things just generally. And there's, there's no fun to it with our families, with our kids. There's this lie that we've been believing that we're all searching for balance in life. Everyone, everyone look for balance in life before? You try to get your work balance, your, your physical exercise balance, and you, then you get your family balance, and 
You, you start, you're trying to become a normal person, right? Everyone's just trying to find the balance in life to where they can handle all these things without going crazy, without having an emotional breakdown. We're all just trying to find balance. And it's funny because I feel like no one ever really gets there, right? Everyone's always just trying to find that balance, but no one ever achieves it. And the truth is, I believe that just like this verse is saying is that there's not as much of a balance to life as there is seasons to life. Sometimes there's just a flow of life and you have to go with the flow. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to have some principles and disciplines in our life that, that are unmovable against the flow of life. But when it comes to finding balance, we're never really going to find it. You're going you're gonna to exasperate yourself and discourage yourself by trying to find this ultimate balance when really you need to go with the flow sometimes. Just go with the flow. Look at your neighbor and say, go with the flow. Me and my wife, we're about to have our second baby. Yeah, woohoo. 13 months apart. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I've been telling everybody that asked me, I said, I think it was just our Netflix expired. We didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> but... We're now going to have two babies, babies back to back. They're called the Irish twins, I think. And that's probably not a good time for me to write my next book. See, a balanced life says, well, you can balance family and you can balance this and you can still do all the things that you want to do. It's just not true. When, when they're all babies, that's going to just be a crazy amount of attention that I have to give to them. Life is not going to feel normal. That's just the flow that it has to be. It's gonna, life is just going to be crazy. And a lot of times we think, well, I'll just need to get past this bump and then I'll be able to rebalance. But there, it's just not there. And you get so frustrated and you lose so many of the moments that are right in front of you because you're working so hard to balance things. It makes me think of giving our daughter a bath. Bath time for the first like three times is special. And then after that, it's like, all right, like, <laughs> how fast can I wash this baby that's not dirty? <laughs> but there's some, some moments when I want to just like get that baby out of the tub and go to the next thing. And my wife, she's so, I, I am amazed at how good of a mom my wife is. Because there's times where I'm just thinking like, like, hurry up. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. And she's she's taking such a special moment with simple as bath time. And there's so many times where I wanna go and I wanna go clean the kitchen or you know do something because I wanna be productive with my time. Then there's moments where I learn from my wife and I just sit there and I wa I'm not even a part. I, you know how hard it is to watch the baby with two people in a bathtub? <laughs> I'm just there for moral support, patting her on the back. You're doing a great job, honey. <laughs> There's some moments where I know if I would have just left and done something else, I would have missed being able to see my daughter laugh. Splashing for the first time. When you see a baby splash, it's just cute, you know? And that simple moment that's ordinary is able to be special if you just pay attention. Moments where we're about to put my, our baby down for, for bed. And again, I'm not required at this part. <laughs> But I'll, I'll just lay on the bed well, and, and right next to my daughter, I'll just kiss her head and 
There's some moments where she just slaps me in the face and <laughs> or she'll grab my nose. I think, oh, cute. And then she'll claw it off. And <laughs> but there's other moments where she just looks back at me and she just stares into my eyes. And I know that we created a moment. And those kinds of moments would never happen if we don't just pay attention. It's times just driving here to church or driving to go get Redbox or something. And I'll, I'll be in the car with my son, Edward. And we just start jamming the music. And I start singing along. He starts singing along. We have a moment together. See, there's so many times where we're driving and we're just so busy that we lose these, these opportunities for moments. Families remember moments more than anything else. If you've ever gone to a funeral, no one is asking, where is this, where is uh, granddad's checkbook? <laughs> well, there are families that they start divvying up everything and it's you know, a horrible experience. <laughs> but the moments where you guys are just, you're able to just share moments that you had with that person the, the best funerals are the funerals you get to go up to and share the stories you had with that person. I, I love that. That's my favorite part at a funeral is when everyone gets to share the moments and the memories. And sometimes we, we need to think about what our funeral is going to be like. What kind of moments did we leave our families? What kind of memories did we make? Because at the end of the day, they're not going to care about anything that we bought them. Anything that we worked so hard to give them. They're going to care about the moments we share. And we need, to, we need to do a better job at feeling the atmosphere of our family, of our home. We need to break away from the routine because money will always be available to make. We need to feel the atmosphere and give attention to what's needed at the time. When your family needs a little bit more time with you, man, you, you need to give it. We're, whether it's if you got home and you're ready to go exercise, you're ready to go work out, you're ready to do the routine and the balance that you made, but your family just simply misses you and you can feel that, you need to postpone some things. Get a better time to do that and spend the most valuable time with your family. Making a difference starts with us. Even if, if, it's, if it's your parent that you're wanting to spend time with, you're, not the, you're, you're the kid, you're the one that makes a difference in your family. You can't wait for somebody else to make a difference. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17, it says, So be careful with how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. We've acted so thoughtlessly with our families. We've, we've acted like fools when it comes to sharing that love, that attention with, that our family deserves. And the power of making those moments is leading with intention. You can pay attention in those moments and you can make those moments.
with just a little bit of intention. And intention with your family beats the ambition of your legacy. There's so many people that are so focused on leaving a legacy of, of, of stuff for their kids. But the real legacy is only with the intention and time you spend with your family. They'll care about that more than anything else. You're the number one leader for your family, the number one example for them to follow. We need to be genuine, we need to be honest, and we need to be ourselves with our families. So many of us put up a front with our kids, with our parents, with our brothers, with our sisters, and we're not really genuine in ourselves. You cannot connect with somebody that's not being genuine. And so why do we think that we can connect with our family when we're not genuine? The best feeling is when you get to be yourself and still feel accepted. And we need to be fun and creative with our family. You know, here's an idea. Why don't you plan a family day? Plan a family day. If you can't have one every week, at least have one every month. Imagine, can you take one day out of your busy schedule to spend time with your family? And, and try this on for a change. Instead of you planning everything, why don't you leave it up to the kids? Leave it up to somebody else to lead the family. So why don't you do this? Plan whatever you want and we're going to do it. Words are powerful and they matter. And, and you shouldn't assume that your family knows your heart. Don't assume that your family knows your heart. You need to tell them. And with all this being said, I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. We're talking so much about family today. And we need to make a difference. It needs to start with us. And with every head bowed and eye closed, if if you're here and you realize that you need to start by making, paying attention to the relationship that matters more than anything else, and that's with your Heavenly Father. If you're here today and you want to make a decision to put your trust in the best relationship you could have by putting your trust in Jesus Christ, I want you to raise your hand. I see your hand. And so I want you to repeat this prayer after me. If you raise your hand, or if you've already had uh, made a, re a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to repeat this prayer too as a reaffirmation of that love and commitment. Say, Lord Jesus, I see how much you care about me. I see how much you care about love and attention, even about my family. And I want to be adopted into your family. I want you to be the Lord of my life and the Savior to my soul. I believe that you died for me on the cross and that you rose from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. 
First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.